All right, hey, they they did something. They did something. There was right. somebody did it's something. New baseball. The Twins. If, if you missed it in all of the hoopla this weekend, football, Wolves and Wild in full swing. Uh, the Twins signed one of the best relievers on the market. It's the most money they've ever spent on an outside free agent reliever. They've never done a multi-year <laughs> deal. Uh, Addison Reed. You may remember him early in his career. He was the closer for the Chicago White Sox for two or three years. He's gotten even better since then. In fact, his ERA the last two years, and he's made, let me see here, 157 appearances, a 2.40 earned run average, and he strikes out 10 batters per nine innings. So uh, $17 million, just under $17 million. I love the signing. I yeah. think, I think, and Wetmore's in here from the Touch Em All podcast and 1500ESPN.com. Fernando Rodney can still be your closer. He can pitch with a two-run lead in the ninth inning. Addison Reed is your highest-paid reliever, your best reliever, and he becomes your firefighter in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Yeah, it's th- a great signing. I think it's a really good signing for the Twins because of the money spent. Here's why. The Colorado Rockies had a similar bullpen problem last year. Playoff-bound team that kind of undone by the back-end bullpen. Of course, they had Greg Holland, but... Numbers were the same. In fact, the Rockies and Twins had the same bullpen ERA last year, 4.40. The Rockies have gone out to do something about their bullpen. They added three relievers, including Wade Davis, for about $106 million guaranteed. Yeah, That's a lot of money to spend on your bullpen. Uh, the Twins have done something similar. Not quite the same level of upgrade. I mean, Addison Reed isn't quite as good as Wade Davis, and then you can nitpick the other guys, Duke and Rodney, but the Twins have made their bullpen better, and they've spent about a quarter of the money that the Rockies have. The reason I think that's important, guys, is because it leaves room to add a starting pitcher. You need to go spend money on a starter now. I think that's the next move. That has to happen before Fort Myers. What's your best guess about that? Who, who that's going to be? I mean, there's a long list of I know, players that are still out there. But, I think you've got to I mean, aim for the top. Realistically, with with what you've got to work with, and is your guess that they're still going to go huge here? Is your guess that they're going to go well, they, middle ground? They want you Darvish, right? So I yeah. think I think you Darvish, if you're Alex Cobb or Lance Lynn or Jake Arrieta, you're probably not signing until you Darvish does. So the Twins can see what happens with Darvish and then go to one of those secondary options. Yeah, right? especially if they're one of the six teams on his list, or maybe it's five teams, maybe it's four teams. Because honestly, I'd be surprised if the Yankees or Dodgers spent the money to go over the luxury tax right now to get you Darvish. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about like a pretty refined pool of teams that are left in the Darvish sweepstakes. And I would put the Twins right at or near the top of that list. So if I'm the Twins front office and I see this slow-moving free agent market playing out and I see next year's free agent bonanza, which the big teams are kind of probably saving up for, right? Well, then fine. This is a year to strike while the iron is hot. I'm, I'm still not going to give you Darvish $200 million, but if the price comes down and it's $135, $140, 150000000 million, yeah, I think that's a risk you take if you're the Twins and sign him to a long-term contract to be your ace starting right in spring training. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see what happens with the starting pitchers, but the other thing I like about the Addison Reed and Fernando Rodney additions, I mean, is do they have the best bullpen in baseball right now? No, clearly they don't. Right. The, the Yankees are uh, stacked with flame-throwing. I mean, the Twins saw it firsthand. Mm-hmm. But the mistake they've made over the last probably six years is going into the season hoping for, like, three spots to fix themselves. That All right, well, we know that Glenn Perkins is the closer, and they got Kevin Jepsen here, 
but you're kind of hoping that he bounces back from, you know, that he can maintain his career season from the year before. And let's hope that these other three to four spots that minor leaguers that have no track record are going to be lights out right away. Yeah. Well, now you only have maybe two or three spots left, period, and a bunch of established guys. So you, you might have a group of 10 relievers, maybe Trevor May included, Fighting for like one or two spots, you just you're not relying on yeah. hope as much. Now they are still relying on it a little bit, so I'll I'll disagree with you, but your premise is right on. I, I'm in lockstep with you by saying that I think there are six guys that you could pretty much say, hey, you got a job in the bullpen, and that's not something you could have said in years past. So on one hand, it's good that they're not hoping for like. Oh well, let's hope uh, Jake Reed has a great spring training, and let's hope JT Shagwa's there to be like a seventh or eighth inning guy, which is talk that I heard you know last spring. Yeah, that's not the case this year. You've got a lot of guys. On on the one hand, I think you can hand out six jobs right now before we go to spring training, and then you've got guys like Gabriel Moya, JT Shagwa, Alan Buznitz, John Curtis, Tyler J, Tyler Duffy, all of these people. Now, hey. Go earn your way onto the team in spring training. In the past, you might have counted on four or five of those guys to fill spots, and and the pressure is down there too. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's if, not it's not earn your way and now pitch a ton. You're not in saying high pressure, Tyler J. I need you to right. be our setup guy. You're That's saying big difference. Hey, it'd be nice if you worked your way into the mix in Florida. That's yeah. That's a different conversation. Uh, where I will disagree with you, Phil, is that there is still a little bit of hope here. You're hoping that. Fernando Rodney doesn't implode at age 41 and the walks don't catch up to him. Sure. You're hoping that Zach Duke bounces back from an injury in which he wasn't that effective last year in just a small handful of innings. So there is some hope, but the difference this year, the downside of those things not going well, it's so minimal for the Twins. that The, the investment in these relievers, you didn't go out and give Fernando Rodney a three-year deal worth $25 million. You You said, hey, here's a one-year deal. And the most we can possibly, yeah, if this blows up in our face, the most we'll possibly be out is four and a half million. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just wash our hands of it, walk away, and and be done, and move on to the next thing. There is some hope built into two of those three contracts, but the Twins have protected themselves from the downside. I mean, if Zach Duke's bad this year, okay, well, fine. Taylor Rogers, the lefty, and we're paying two point one five million right. and, and walking away from it. But if he's good. And if Rodney's good, and if Reed's good, suddenly you've got a much better-looking bullpen in Minnesota. What's the uh, theory among ball guys about what's going on here, too? I mean, free agency has been a complete dud so far, and there's a lot of guys out there still, and, I mean, we're, we're getting late now. What's the theory about are teams are teams concerned by just money, term, and cash? Because this seems this seems to me now to have crossed a point where it's gotten a little bit weird. Yeah, it's weird, and I think there. And then you could say, is, is there potential collusion as collusion, well? But right. that's a whole other subject. So maybe there's a dozen reasons why free agency has gone slow this year. Here are my favorite. Mm-hmm. So the luxury tax is sort of acting like a soft salary cap. I mean, if the Yankees and Dodgers are trying to get under it so that they can reset their penalties and not pay more money. Next year, when they cross over the luxury tax threshold again, well, that's kind of like a salary cap, which is something we haven't really had in baseball in the past. That's one thing. Number two, I talked about this on your guys' show a couple of weeks ago. I don't think there's a real disagreement about the haves and the have-nots in baseball right now. I mean, we still have to play out the season, and it's important to see what happens over the next six months. But by and large, we know who the very good teams are. 
So is there a ton of pressure on the Dodgers to go get three wins better or five wins better? No, there's not, because the Dodgers are already a great team. I think you could say ditto for teams like the Astros and the Yankees, even the Indians to a lesser extent. I just see that as being a real big factor in not just the top of the free agent market, but sort of the middle tier, too, where you've got some good players out there who are going to be useful, and they might go to spring training yet unsigned. So I I think there's a a lot of different factors that play into it. But, man, if I'm a free agent right now, I'm starting to sweat. Where am I going? Am I going to Arizona or Florida? Just tell me that. (laughs) The Twins are on that bubble, so maybe the Twins wind up being the team that would be more likely than the Astros or the Yankees to say, you know what? We'll pony up the extra $10 million now, for, for you, Darvish. Those are the teams that need to make a move right now. I mean, you could throw the Red Sox into that mix, too. There's, uh, It's widely reported that J.D. Martinez has an outstanding offer from the Red Sox and that it's just sitting there right now waiting to see what happens with the rest of the free agent logjam. Well, okay, the Red Sox would be one of those teams that, to me, it makes sense to invest big money in a player who will make your roster demonstrably better. The fringe guys, the you know, Lance Lynn will make... Just about any team's rotation better or at least deeper. But are you like tripping over yourself to run to the window to sign him? No, probably not. You know, here's an underrated reason for why I think the Twins benefit from signing even a Lance Lynn or an Alex Cobb. I want Trevor May in the bullpen for this team. I think Trevor May can be a quality starter, but he's coming off Tommy John surgery. I think it makes sense in 2018 for Trevor May to pitch 60 innings out of the bullpen as your, if you're ranking relievers, like Addison Reed's the best one. Trevor Hildenberger is probably your second best reliever. If Fernando Rodney can be solid, then he's maybe in that mix. If Trevor May can even be your fourth or fifth best reliever and he brings strikeouts because you added depth in your starting rotation, um, that would be a benefit. If you have to lean on Trevor May to be your number five starter because you just, you just don't have enough depth there and you're not confident that Steven Gonsalves is ready to go yet, depth matters for the Twins. But also top end in you, Darvish, matters as well. I think yeah. both things are important right now for the Twins. Yeah, I, I, I agree with your point, but I disagree with uh, how you got there. I think Trevor May should be a starter. I think that uh, in the limited blips that we've seen of him when he hasn't been hurt, he's been a very underrated pitcher, one of the best on the Twins' entire staff. And That's not saying a lot, though. It's well, been one of the yeah. worst staffs in baseball for 10 yeah, years. Yeah, but I mean, even looking at this staff right now as it's currently constructed, I think Trevor May's very legitimately in that top half of a starting rotation mix. The big, yeah, you think, but, he, you think he's a playoff rotation starting pitcher yep. off Tommy John surgery? No, no, that's what I'm saying. The, the big, yeah, but is he's been hurt so often, and I wonder if relieving contributed to that last year. The up and down, get warmed up, don't know if you're pitching today. Personally, I would invest everything I could in trying to keep Trevor May healthy for a full season, mm-hmm. and I think that's a regular routine. Ease back from injury. Hey, no need to make the club out of spring training. You got a spot when you're healthy. Mm-hmm. Work your way back. We want to see you in the starting rotation in October. Not so worried about what happens in April. If I sign here, there's one thing I want in my contract. I am not going to any damn ice fishing winter caravan deal. <laughs> right. The fact that they've now got these poor players, it's bad enough that they stick them on a bus yeah, and take well, them to God knows where yeah. to go to go eat banquet meals. Now they got these poor guys sitting around standing outside ice fishing. If I'm a twi- if I sign with the Twins, <laughs> I'm point. not doing any ice fishing. That is a good point. Well, notice you didn't see Fernando Rodney there. You didn't see Addison Reed. I saw it was Escobar, right? Uh, Escobar, who just loves doing that stuff and is a great guy for that. I saw Robbie Grossman and Alan Boone. 
Booznet. So, so it's not like you're asking. Well, I'm Robbie Grossman. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, I'm well, not going. You're not asking, you know, Jose Barreos to come back from his winter of training to go. Spend I told Sano, you know what? You're going ice fishing. Yeah, put we're going to turn you around. You're going, I- oh, you're God. going ice fishing, and that's what we're going to do. You we're going to keep an eye on you. Now you can't go within a hundred feet of a woman, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> no, just, uh, you can ice fish all you want. It'll be great. I'm turning this microphone off. <laughs> all right, Derek. That's good stuff from Derek Wetmore. Thank you, Derek. Touch them all podcast in 1500ESPN.com. Here's what you may have missed on a recent Purple Podcast. When you end a game like that, when, when you go up a 17-zip at halftime and, and dominate as much as the Vikings did, and then it's slowly but surely the league gets smaller and smaller, and you say, okay, this is Drew Brees, and Drew Brees is coming back, and then... The Saints do just enough things to, to leave the window of opportunity open for Keenum and the Vikings' offense, and they come back and win like that. You finally start to start to say to yourself, "There's something, there's something to be capitalized on here that goes beyond the norm." I mean, the ending of that game, as you described, what the safety was thinking, I don't know, but it all sort of fits together with what the season has been about, and that is a really good defense and a good football team that's opportunistic, and somehow there's, like, magic dust or something. Like, it, it, go, it goes beyond the explanation of, oh, yeah, that's just the Vikings. You can find the Purple Podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page.